0: Live from Shelley's Back Room. It is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics, live on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your moderator, Justin Russell, joining me around the table, Congressman Al Swift, Bob Hines, Carl Tuvin, Alan Moore, Dan Lipner, and Rear Admiral Ken Carradine. It's Tuesday, which means it's time for backroom politics. Let's join the Round Table live at Shelley's Back room, 1331f Street, in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, DC. Good afternoon out there in Radio Land. It is Tuesday, which means it is time for the best political talk show you've never heard of. It is Backroom Politics, live from Shelley's Backroom, 1331 F Street, in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Joining me as they do every Tuesday to my left, he is the former floor chief for then minority leader, Congressman Gerald R. Ford. He is the former vice president of government affairs for the National Broadcasting Corporation. He is Bob Hines. Hello, Robert. Hello, And to my 11 o'clock, he is the former eight-term member of Congress serving the second congressional district of Washington State. He is Congressman Al Swift. Mm-hmm. Hello, Congressman. Hi. And it, into the mic, Congressman. Into the mic. Got to get close. <laughs> Hi. There we go. That's, okay, that, was a, that was a little crazy, Congressman. To my one o'clock position, he is the retired one-star admiral from your United States Navy, Admiral, admiral Ken Carradine. Hello, Admiral Ken. That's Hello, Justin. Nice. Nice. And to my right, ironically, he is the former Biden political operative, longtime Democratic political operative, and barred attorney in the great state of Maryland and the District of Columbia. He is Dan Lipner, out Squire. Hello, Daniel.
1: Hello, Justin. I just want to know why you don't introduce everyone around the table. I mean, just once we want to hear you introduce everyone
0: around the table. Really? I'm channeling my inner Trump on well, the topic. Okay, set. yeah. yeah. Just, okay. You know what? Just, <laughs> you're not starting off. So, um, we last week... He a joke, and no, I can't get away with that. No, no. So, last week, I, so, last, last part of last week, uh, last Thursday, Friday, I am in Florida, and I am riding out a hurricane with my parents, which nobody should ever do. And my phone just starts blowing up. And no, not like a normal Samsung No, <laughs> My phone just starts vibrating and vibrating constantly. And I'm like trying to save battery because we have no power. And the thing about it is, as I am sitting there, everybody's texting me from Washington. Hey, have you seen the Trump tape? Well, one, I don't have power, so no. But when I do get power, oh, sweet mother of Access Hollywood that is glorious. So, for those of you who have not seen this, last week it was released by the Washington Post. Uh, Donald Trump is in a, uh, a bus RV with Access Hollywood, then-anchor, uh, then anchor, Billy Bush, who's now on the Today Show. Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, they're riding in, and Donald Trump makes some really, really, I think, that what is the right word here? Would you call them misogynistic remarks, sexist remarks? He talks about I'll grabbing like stupid, women by the, the genitals.
2: Asshole remarks. Yeah, family show, Congressman. Family show. Well, then we shouldn't be talking about Donald Trump on. Well, it. and obviously not. The York Times
1: put, no. put that language on the front page for the first time in its history. So, yeah it's presidential yeah. candidate. Yeah,
0: I, and and so so basically, Donald Trump has this these remarks which are just, um, which which are just, mind-blowing, I can't even describe them. Uh, this then sends everybody into turmoil. It sends the RNC into turmoil, sends uh, pretty much a list of about 17 Republican members of Congress who have now bailed and rescinded their uh, Donald Trump endorsements. And it has just been an absolute nightmare for the Donald. So I want to start with you, Bob Hines. Um, Number one, normally, this is not something new. We know who Donald Trump is. Why is the GOP now bailing on him and going for the door? Why did it take this long?
3: Well, I think that, uh, you know, leader party, uh, if they have some some member who is popular and well-known, and is sometimes a little bit off off the rails. They'll let it get by and let it go by and not stop. But this is just about over the top, and that's what it comes down. Just over the top.
0: It, it, absolutely amazing to me, Dan Lipner. This is again not anything new, but there's a lot of people that have been part of the Never Trump campaign that says, "Wait a minute, why is it taking this blatant?" Act of what is basically condoning sexual assault, and why is that now the catalyst? Why didn't they do this after the Mexicans are rapists and drug lords? Why didn't they do this after the John McCain is 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 a is a uh, coward? Uh, none of this. Why this?
1: Yeah. So the going after Miss Universe for getting fat, the uh, going after Muslims, going after other women. Uh, the best statement I have heard that seems remarkably pointed um, was yeah, apparently you're not allowed to go after white women and for the Republican Party. That's the British
0: That's, the, that's the line. That's the <laughs> line. At least parts thereof. Yeah. Well, Admiral Ken, this we would have thought would have been a self-destructive move. I mean, immediately. There are people in Congress calling for Donald Trump to step aside, uh, to let Pence be the top of the ticket, and have Rubio come in as VP. Is there any possible way that just when we think the Trump campaign is dead, he still survives this? This is Teflon.
4: Well, I think equally troubling uh, from the, the fallout from the weekend have been the one or two uh, plain, ordinary American uh, supporters that have shown up on, on television, um, uh, specifically a, a young woman, uh, I think down in the Carolinas today, who basically said, hey, my dad and my brothers talk like this all the time. This doesn't matter to me. And I am amazed, quite frankly, that, 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 that even most of his core following is staying with him. Um, I, I, I don't think anybody has ever seen a campaign that looks anything like this. Um, and I certainly have never heard a debate, a political debate, uh, like the one that I saw on Sunday. But, you know, uh, I think any other politician, any other politician, up to including any of the Clintons, uh, that would have been recorded on tape saying something like this, they'd be out. It'd be a done deal. But uh, apparently I think that there's still going to be a large number of people who are still going to show up and vote for this guy in a few weeks.
0: Denise Krupp joining our congressman now, though, I was
4: going say, Hitler can say
2: things to a group of brown shirts that he probably couldn't get away with with with, with other with other uh, Germans I mean these people are just Welded to him And I think he can do nothing Wrong in their eyes
0: Denise Crap joining us better late than never And the, the The question to you is Republican women There are still Republican women That are solidly in Trump's camp And they, they Say he's apologized Did the apology Work as far as keeping the women in his base going? There are
5: two, two sets of women. First, they're the rabid Trump-only that the Admiral just talked about um, that have excused the potty mouth, and I'm appalled. You, you mean
4: that's actually
1: infected with rabies, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, will
5: <laughs> there, yeah. Uh And I'm appalled at that group of women. Uh, but there is another subset, and um, they're gone. They're just gone. I mean, if, if there's no way they will vote for Trump, That um, they're gone. End of story. I,
1: I mean, Dan do you have a thought. Well, I mean, that's the thing with the uh, for trying to put it in the most forgiving light. I don't even say positive, but forgiving light. Trump saying it was locker room conversation and you know, uh, most of the guys around the table, and Denise, you served as well, so I'm certain you've heard people you say horrible things, and I actually got into, ironically, a locker room conversation about this at my gym this weekend, and, and we really spent some time thinking about, well, what's the difference, and, and the mulling it over, it's like, yeah, guys can say crass things, but what's this crass thing? It was actual physical assault. He was talking about this went beyond everything else and the idea that any of that was forgive was forgivable is is none of us could come up with a rationale as an adult male not to, uh, the the it was even like childhood stupidity he was 59 when he said this i mean there is there is no path to making that a tolerable forgivable
0: thing to me scrap
5: and it's not only for women it was it was a one-two punch it was the video um and hearing uh the way in which he was describing women and how he would control them but it was also the comments that he made about his own daughter that was just
4: daughters plural
5: daughters you're right daughters plural about uh with howard stern and um he, he, he crossed so many lines that we will not only not come back from him, but there is a sizable portion of the female uh, voting population that will not go back to the Republican Party unless they take some firm lines. And that's why I was really impressed with Boone, who came out and took a very strong line, and some others and said, we're done. Ryan does not take a stronger stance, if McConnell does not take a stronger stance, and Ryan's Priebus does not take a stronger stance, they're done. Repub- Republican women will not go back to them.
4: Admiral Ken, then Bob Hine. So, uh, played sports probably since the time I was nine or ten years old. Uh, played sports in college at the academy. Um, was in the Navy uh, well before the integration of women on board ships. Uh, and arguably, Navy ships back in those days smelled locker rooms. But, um, but I can tell you, quite frankly, I, I've never heard anybody in all of those places talk in such stark, aggressive uh, terms. No one has ever, you know, fantasized openly about touching people inappropriately or uh, without their will. It's, it's assault. And, and, and I, I, you know, so to categorize it as, as locker room talk, I think it's doing a disservice to many people who played sports and it would appear that most of the professional athletes uh, who have pushed back on this as well.
0: But Bob Hines seems
3: to me that there's, there's, there's nothing you can say that's good about this. It's an absolute disaster. He's gone. He's gone. Period.
0: But, but here's the thing uh, we would it? think we would think that n- number one, when the number three Republican in Congress comes out and says, I am not only withdrawing my endorsement, but I want you to step down. When you have the list of 17 members of Congress basically withdrawing their endorsement and now added to a long list of those who never endorsed them, how does Reince Priebus and the Republican Party justify the continued support? Now, to Reince's defense... Literally within 24 hours of the video being shown, they took away the victory fund spending that would support Donald Trump. They canceled a lot of TV ad buys. They did a lot of money downplay. But Reince still is saying that we are backing our gun. How does he justify that problem? I don't
3: know. Admiral I, Ken. S- I certainly or- wouldn't.
4: So, 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 two things. One, I, with respect, Bob, I, I, I don't think that he's done. I think, by by nature of the tweets that he's made in just the last 24 hours, he is positioning himself to be a thorn in the side of what's left of the Republican Party well after the uh, the election. So he is not he's not gone. He'll be on the scene for a good long time. Of the one or, of the of the number of Repo- of, of Republicans uh, that that I know personally that are report that are supporting Trump their their belief is and their excuse for his thing with him is that he will basically put justices on the Supreme Court that will be more favorable to their point of view or how they think need, things need to go than would a, a Hillary Clinton presidency I think that that's a specious argument in, in looking at looking at the voting records of and I have of Supreme Court justice since 1946 it's a completely that the argument has no weight but that's why a lot of them are sticking around they're worried about what's gonna happen with the Supreme Court over and over and over again, I hear that from from Trumps And we're going to talk about that
0: because we're going to talk when we talk about the debate. I want to bring that up. But going back to the tape, Dan Littner, we don't have to wait till after
1: the election for Trump to
0: be a thorn in the, in the side.
1: Let's be contemporary and real time for the next three to four weeks, and I say four weeks meaning after election day, because the Donald has already thrown some things out there that. Could make us look like Banana Republic. The aside from threatening to throw Hillary Clinton in jail, we'll that. that. We'll get to that. What he has said since the last debate is making sure that they don't steal the election, calling the actual election process into question. That's more than slightly disturbing as far as civil government goes. Yeah, it's all about words, but you have a handful of lunatics. Saying the, the election was stolen, and I'm comfortable saying the guys who play in the woods who weren't actually in uniform but like to play army with weapons, um, some of those folks, if not all of those, those are Trump supporters. And the last thing we need is them getting ammunition from the guy who's the top of the ticket after he loses. This isn't going to go away. I'm actually worried about what happens post-election presuming Trump loses.
0: But Congressman Al Donald Trump cannot win with just undereducated white males, what they call the mobile home the mobile home park electorate. How does the Republican Party try to regain any of the already alienated party members, let alone the independents, with all of this that's out there on Trump?
2: First of all, let me say that I believe I said two months ago that uh, Trump was going to be a problem after the election. And I think uh, you're exactly right in what's going to happen. I think that if I, if I were in position to do so in, in the Republican party, I would say, look, we've got to re describe our conservative positions. And I think that, that, the conservative positions can be laid out in more rational ways than he does it. But cutting taxes and, you know, the list that they give, but they have, the Republican party over the last few years has permitted the wildest hares to take those issues and turn them into uh, very exciting kind of dreadful things.
0: Do these crap?
5: The only way the Republican Party survives is if you lose the Senate, you lose the House, and you do a massive cleaning. Well,
0: we're going to talk about that oh, but in but another the, later segment. But,
5: that, but that's the only way. Jeff. Yeah, so we're going to we're going to talk about that.
0: How how we're going in our five o'clock hour, we're going to talk about how much trouble the GOP is in right now. But going back to Trump, it, 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 Dan Littner, to me, the apology was an awkward attempt. Play off what is dis- what has been largely described as condoning sexual assault. Why hasn't the Why hasn't the Democrats continued to use this, especially post debate?
4: Oh, because
1: he's doing the harm to himself, even with his an apology. The yeah. the out of the gate. I mean, the the political attitude. Once somebody's once I'm somebody's going down, you let them keep digging. And Trump's initial apology was. That was just locker room talk, it wasn't anything, it was inappropriate, I'm sorry. And then it instantly went in, into attack mode. Beyond that, during the debate, I know we're going to talk about the debate, but during the debate, when he's asked that specifically, he said, you didn't understand what I said. What? <laughs> it's literally on tape, on video. What do you mean you didn't understand
0: what I said? That's my problem. This I was mean, an there apology. Was, yeah, there, no. there, there was it's no, no There was no apology. There. Yeah. Denise Kraft, go ahead. So this,
5: this was a statement.
0: In order to have an
5: apology, you might actually feel a little remorse. Donald's remorse was the fact that he got caught on a hot mic. I mean, but for that fact, he would have been, you know, just jolly to keep on saying all But by the way, folks, if he said it once, he said it more than once. But it was also
1: yeah. let's talk, yeah. let's also talk about just the targets of opportunity, and literally, that's what he talked about also. Yeah. While being the running them owning the Miss Universe pageant, he talks about. Walking in the room, giving people kisses, holding them, grabbing them because I'm just in charge, so I'm famous, I'm allowed to do it. No, he wanted to oh god, god. That's what he
5: wanted. Are you kidding me? he got a room full of hot chicks and he got boobs, boobs, boobs all over the place. That's what he wanted. Admiral Kahn, I
4: think one of the, the more interesting um, conversations that took place, one of the panel conversations that took place after the tape was, uh, was broadcast on CNN was uh, Anna Navarro. Uh, in uh, her her discussions with um, I can't remember the lady from uh, Oh uh, Kaylee Ann. uh yeah, yeah and, uh, and so Anna Navarro basically you know used the p word in in, in, uh, in her in her description of what uh, repeating what Trump had said and um, and uh, Kaylee got angry and, and disgusted and Anna Navarro came back and said Oh you're disgusted when I say it but when your when your nominee says it you're not that's crazy yeah and, and it's absolutely insane and, and but I what I think though You know, Shelly's
0: Backroom has been hosting Backroom Politics for seven years. Seven years! It's still
4: un-
6: You know, everybody thinks
0: of Shelly's Backroom as a cigar spot in Washington, D.C. You know what the reality is? It is the cigar spot in D.C. Where else can you... Grab a great cocktail made by world-renowned bartenders, or where else are you going to get the finest cigar list of any restaurant in all of Washington, D.C.? And then, the great food. You come for the food. It can be the campfire wings. One pound of roasted, not fried, well-seasoned marinated jumbo chicken wings with choices of Shelly's Honey Mustard or Blue Cheese or Ranch Dressing. These are award-winning wings. That's why you come to Shelly's. It's the whole package. You can drink, you can smoke, have a great conversation with your friends, and have a great food menu. Shelly's Back Room, 1331 F Street in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. You know what? It is the place to be. backroom politics. You know, Shelly's Backroom has been hosting backroom politics for seven years. Seven years! It's still unbelievable we've been doing it that long. But make no mistake about it, Shelly's Back Room is one of a kind in Washington, D.C. Shelly's is a comfortable retreat for cigar aficionados and those who simply want to unwind. The casual but elegant space features soft lighting, cozy couches, and overstuffed chairs. Shelly's Back Room is a cigar friendly establishment, but the state of the art air purification system keeps the atmosphere comfortable for smokers and non-smokers alike. Sit back and enjoy yourself while chatting with friends, or watching one of the eight high-definition TVs, or come by any Tuesday, enjoy your favorite cigar or one of the signature cocktails, and watch how backroom politics is made. To be public transportation and the sights of the nation's capital, Shelley's is easily dividable to accommodate intimate gatherings or large-scale special events. Shelly's Back Room, 1331 F Street, in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. As Bob says, it's the place to be.
6: time you know
0: Shelley's back room has been hosting backroom politics for seven years seven years it's Still unbelievable we've been doing it that long. But make no mistake about it, Shelley's Back Room is one of a kind in Washington, D.C. Shelly's is a comfortable retreat for cigar aficionados and those who simply want to unwind. The casual but elegant space features soft lighting, cozy couches, and overstuffed chairs. Shelly's Back Room is a cigar-friendly establishment, but the state-of-the-art air purification system keeps the atmosphere comfortable for smokers and non-smokers alike. Sit back and enjoy yourself while chatting with friends or watching one of the eight high-definition TVs. Or come by any Tuesday, enjoy your favorite cigar or one of the signature cocktails, and watch how backroom politics is made. Convenient to be into public transportation and the sights of the nation's capital, Shelley's is easily dividable to accommodate intimate gatherings or large-scale special events. Shelley's Back Room, 1331 F Street, in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. As Bob says, it's the place to be. time. You know, everybody thinks of Shelly's Back Room as a cigar spot in Washington, D.C. You know what the reality is? It is the cigar spot in D.C. Where else can you grab a great cocktail made by world-renowned bartenders? Or where else are you going to get the finest cigar list of any restaurant in all of Washington, D.C.? And then the great food. You come for the food. It can be the campfire wings. One pound of roasted, not fried, well-seasoned marinated jumbo chicken wings with choices of Shelly's honey mustard or blue cheese or ranch dressing. These are award-winning wings. That's why you come to Shelly's. It's the whole package. You can drink, you can smoke, have great conversation with your friends, and have a great food menu. Shelly's Back Room, 1331 F Street in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. You know what? It is the place to be. from Shelly's back room and unfortunately it's going to be an interesting one our microphone you know this has always been a problem with doing a live
6: uh, a
0: live audio feed so we're going to go ahead and try this out but uh now that we're back let's talk about let's talk about the uh, debate from the other night talk about the debate from sunday uh the second president of the presidential debate held at Washington University out in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, there were a lot of expectations of this. There were a lot of uh, questions that were leading up to the debate, such as, will Donald Trump maintain his uh, message? Will he stay on point? Can he not overreact? Will he fall for debate? And will Hillary herself keep in line with the performance that she had from the first presidential debate.
2: I think that one of the most amazing things to me is how she keeps her composure, uh, particularly in the last debate with the, with Trump stalking the stage and standing behind her and directly in line with the cab camera, not an accident. Uh, she's kind of amazing in her ability to con- to concentrate.
0: Okay, that being said, did Hillary – the only thing Hillary could have done during that debate was do some damage to herself and her campaign. Uh, Denise Krupp, a lot of people were saying that the town hall format was exactly her sweet spot as far as going forward in the debate process. She did not look like she had her A game.
6: <laughs>
5: just for the first thirty minutes of that show, Donald Trump was trying to explain away the video and his locker room behavior. She didn't need to bring any game. She just needed to to watch him wallow in the mud that he lives in.
4: Well, I, I'm I'm not so willing. I guess as everybody at the table to give um, Secretary Clinton an A. Um, I thought she uh, she missed an opportunity one or two uh namely the first one being her discussion of her her speeches um i think there's probably as many people uh interested in donald trump's uh taxes as we are in seeing the transcript of some of the speeches we uh that that seems to be this 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 lurking shadow out there and i think she would do well to get rid of it um and, and and just go ahead and just just bring them out in the open the only real bullets uh, that that Trump can really throw at her or over the emails, and quite frankly, it's a done deal. I mean, uh, the 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 FBI declined to uh, put forward a, uh, a, a, a reason to prosecute. Uh, I think pretty much everybody's moved on. But I think what would be really interesting, and I think would be good, was just to completely uh, deplete any any uh, any anything he can throw at her by by putting those out. I think that uh, she probably missed an opportunity when Donald Trump started on his tirade about uh, you know, uh, uh, President Clinton's indiscretions uh, by reminding people that President Clinton uh, is not running for office this time. Uh, that's been litigated. It's a done deal. And uh, she, I think she could have put that to rest very quickly. Hillary Clinton and I spent much of the debate
1: interesting uh, about her occasionally getting a little too wonky, getting too far into the weeds. Um, but it was inside baseball kind of stuff that I thought maybe she may have to talk you over the heads of folks. For one moment that I found the best, and I and many people have been begging for this entire campaign for her to do and do successfully, which I think she actually did during the last debate, was was succinctly and clearly talk about her 30 years. 30-plus years of public service, from working for uh, childhood health care, civil rights, and many, many other things that inexplicably hadn't been talked about clearly, that she, she isn't just be flash in the pan as, as, as Donald Trump is who thinks any idea he's had, he's the first person ever to have it. She's been fighting these 30 years, and there is something to that. She is the real deal. She's been working on this stuff uh,
0: for her
1: lifetime, and you suggest otherwise, is unfair to her and for many public servants who have been doing the same.
2: Weeds, okay. the thing that it has bothered me for several weeks, and she's right not to go there, is that Donald Trump, Keeps saying this problem and that problem, she didn't solve them. As though any one person in Congress or any one, even even one person as a president, can wave a wand and solve them. That, however, is a very hard thing to explain to layman, And she's probably just as well off not going there, although it frosts me every time she he does it. Mm
6: hmm.
0: So the, the, the reality is uh, Hillary, Clinton's, Hillary Clinton's situation with regard to uh, falling for the bait from Donald Trump It was something that we did not see her fall into in the first debate It's something that she fed bait to Donald Trump very well It almost seems like the it, the, the roles were reversed in this situation how did she let that happen? See, and that's the weird thing where
1: normal people versus Um Frank Luntz was doing a real-time dial group. For folks who don't know what a dial group is, that you basically bring a, a room full of undecided voters, and they have these little wheel dials in front of them, and they turn it to the plus side if it's something they agree with. They turn it to the negative side if it's something they disagree with. Much to my surprise, Donald Trump was apparently winning during the real time dial group numbers, um, which is why people in politics need to do those things since we need to remember we are not normal people. Uh, but that being said, yeah, Hillary did go down down on the weeds a little bit, and unfortunately, much of as Congressman Al pointed out. Uh, normal people have a tendency not to understand that. I even took something I saw today when when Donald Trump was talking about something in the tax code that I had forgotten, that he had blamed Hillary Clinton for not solving this particular tax issue. And then I remembered something in the Constitution it was only because it was reminded to me, revenue bills have to start in the House, but I'm sure that Donald doesn't know that.
5: With regards to the dial groups, I, mean, I, I was doing my own informal uh, watching Facebook as, as things were going on, and I was amazed at the number of women that were just literally seething, seething. I mean, I was saying, my blood is boiling. Oh, my goodness, can you just back off? What the heck is going on? I mean, to a T. You know, granted, I, I, I share um, uh, many uh, of the same This with my friends, but to a T, across the country, it was, no, I mean, it, it just kind of energized the they that was already pissed off to the point where they're saying, how do we, you know, how do we go out and get the vote? What type of money do we need to do? And how do we make a point that this guy is not going to be our next president?
0: So the question then comes up is, number one, let's look at the policy
4: discussions. I
0: mean, this one had some
4: policy discussions. In.
0: Let's talk about the foreign policy discussions. Donald Trump literally showed no capacity for having the ability to understand foreign policy in any realm of reality. Let's talk about Syria, for example. When he makes comments like, Aleppo has fallen. Last time I checked, Aleppo was still in blood. Uh, let's talk about Donald Trump and the comment he made about uh you know the the understanding of saying that well everybody is left there, you know they should just leave. Yeah, they should leave. How, where are they going to go? Where are they going to go, Admiral Ken? If they leave Aleppo, they're going to get killed by Syrian forces. Well, I, I think
4: one of the things that that was was apparently clear, you know, to I guess anyone with a passing knowledge of how the government works is how little uh, Donald Trump seemed to understand that as well as foreign policy. Um the comment that caught me was his um uh description of the uh the US uh, military's uh, nuclear capability. Um you know, interestingly of the, the different areas that we have seen reductions or cutbacks uh to the point of concern has not been the, the US um US's uh, military stature. It's pretty good. It's very good. Um, you know, the, the thing that troubles me is that, you know, in a Trump presidency it'd be too good because I think you want to use it.
1: So, and I I said this tongue in cheek, and as I thought about it more and more, it was basically correct. Donald Trump talked in more detail about how he would sexually harass or sexually assault women than he did about any of his foreign policy issues or domestic policy issues. (laughs) Painful to me.
0: At one point,
1: one of this one of the moderators, whose name, uh, the woman whose name I I don't
4: know, starts Radich actually interrupted
1: him because he said, well, there, there's no reason not to do it. It's like, well, yeah, there is a reason to do it, and it's actually military strategy to do it. Two reasons. One, to actually warn the civilians that you don't want to injure in the process. And by the way, maybe for the, the radicals that are a little less radical and more into self-preservation, getting them to depart the area so you can return the city to normal civilian control.
4: One of the things that concerned me uh, throughout uh, this campaign was Trump's um, statement after one statement after another concerning the fact that it's stupid for us to tell the military our plans. Well, he he's right up to a point. So strategy, um, yeah, we we have we have strategies that are based on policies, and those have always been a uh, a matter of public record. But when you get down to the operational and tactical level of what you're going to do, that's the part that's ne- never publicized. And I think what we're asking for uh, Donald Trump to do is just to give us some idea of what his policy and what his strategies would be that would be any different than what we've seen so far. And I'm not sure if I missed anything, but I don't think I saw that on, uh, on Sunday. Well,
3: I mean,
1: that's the thing with Donald Trump. I mean, he thinks that Operation Overlord, a.k.a. D-Day, that the Germans didn't know it was coming. They just didn't know quite where or when, but it wasn't revealing the entirety of it. They were pairing, but it was a, a bait-and-switch as far as location. But the Donald seemed to pretend like that didn't, doesn't matter how this worked. Even Korea, I mean, he talked about Douglas MacArthur. The United Nations had authorized the use of force. Only twice in its history had done so, and that was the first time said that this was going to happen. It was only a matter of how. That's not revealing the entirety of the plan.
5: I found it interesting that I mentioned Douglas MacArthur. Douglas MacArthur was removed from his job by President Truman because he was an egotistical nitwit. I mean, to to say that Douglas MacArthur is rolling in his grave because of what's going on is to, um, well, it's it's to misunderstand what was going on with Douglas MacArthur. And he's not the general that I think that uh, one wants to strive to be. I mean, he was a very smart general. But the power play that he made, well, he was more than a nitwit, but his political skills and what he was doing to Truman is the reason that he was removed because he had to realize that he's more than one individual, that it's a team, and for Donald to realize that exactly, that's the problem.
1: Truman was once asked after he left the presidency, if he remembered when he got off the plane and was bothered that MacArthur didn't salute him. His response, This is well after he
0: left the White House. Truman's response was, "Damn right it bothered me. I'm president
1: of the
6: United States." <laughs>
0: a quick break. We're going to try and fix an audio situation right now, and uh, when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion on the debate. It is the top of the hour, which means that we're also going to order our martinis and light up some cigars here in Shelly's back room. So, we'll be back in two minutes with our continuing coverage of our recap of the presidential debate. Stay with us. This is Backroom Politics.
4: Uh. You know,
0: Shelly's Backroom has been hosting Backroom Politics for seven years. Seven years! It's still unbelievable we've been doing it that long. But make no mistake about it, Shelly's Backroom is one of a kind in Washington, D.C. Shelly's is a comfortable retreat for cigar aficionados and those who simply want to unwind. The casual but elegant space features soft lighting, cozy couches, and overstuffed chairs. Shelly's Backroom is a cigar-friendly establishment, but the state-of-the-art air purification system keeps the atmosphere comfortable for smokers and non-smokers alike. Sit back and enjoy yourself while chatting with friends or watching one of the eight high-definition TVs, or come by any Tuesday, enjoy your favorite cigar or one of the signature cocktails, and watch how Backroom Politics is made. Convenient to be into public transportation and the sites of the nation's capital, Shelley's is easily dividable to accommodate intimate gatherings or large-scale special events. Shelley's back room, thirteen thirty-one F Street, in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington D.C. As Bob says, it's the place to be. Back. Yeah. Let's do the joiner music. Hold on. This is backroom politics. Problem solved. Awesome. So here we go. Now let's. We're going to continue our our, our coverage of the uh, de- of the uh, debate that happened over the weekend. Let's talk about domestic policy for a second here. Uh, Denise, it's funny to me because that should have been a sweet spot for Hillary as well. Uh, it, It seemed to me that when she had a lot of opportunities to give serious details about her policy directives, she kept going back to her website it seemed to me that it was a missed opportunity for her to really dig her heels in and say, I am the one that has true policy standards. I am the, here are my policies. How Here's how it's going to put money back in your pocket. Here's how it's going, how I'm going to try and fix the racial divide. It just seemed that she was so off her A game that she missed the opportunity to really dive in. Well,
5: I, I- Firstly, I thought referencing the website made a lot of sense because it gave people an opportunity to go and look at her policies in more detail. And and I've done that. And sort of, you know, when she says, okay, I'm for the environment, all right, well, what do you mean you're for the environment? I mean, if you go to her website, you're talking about climate change, you're talking about the environment, you're talking about the oceans, and it provides a lot of detail. So I give her kudos for doing that because it gives people, again, more of an opportunity to learn about her policies. her statements. Um, I I think one of the problems she had during that debate was that Donald would never let her talk. That was extremely frustrating to watch him over and over again just come in. And and so I I think she continued the graciousness that she showed and the calm, serene demeanor. Because my God, is he loaded for bear and he sense. just kept
4: going for her you're, you're kind of shrugging your yeah so at the end of the debate i think donald talked for 40.2 minutes and she talked for 39 point some minutes so both of them got pretty much equal time um i think that according to him during the debate well he's nuts. so but we're <laughs> going to disregard that um but i i think you know with regard to referencing her site i think that's good but i think Another missed opportunity is every time she referenced her site, uh, the, the immediate next few words that have been, and you should go look at Donald's site to see the differences between the two, because again, substantially, she's got plans. She's got details. He's got isn't. But,
0: but <laughs> <Bob Hines>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But
4: Bob, Bob, Bob Heintz, you
6: know, yeah.
0: Donald Trump touted his tax plan, and was saying that, you know, he's going to put money back in the pockets of the middle class, make the middle class strong again. Uh, yet there are several tax experts and legal experts that and economists that say that Donald Trump's tax plan will add another five trillion billion to the deficit. Did he do a good job of thwarting that claim or making his claim stick? Well, if he's going
3: his taxes, would have uh, in effect reduced reduced the revenue for the country. So there would be a bigger difference. The reality is, you can't. You know, it's it's a game. You see, I say I, you want you want to say as a politician, I can cut taxes, and if you cut taxes, what you do is you cut programs, and then when you cut programs, then you have a whole bunch of people screaming and yelling about these people are being left out and you can't, you know, you can't, you can't win that game. So it's,
0: it's just foolish to start trying to play. But, but Congressman Al, the, the idea of coming up with a solid tax plan that will in fact engage the middle class in spending, putting money back into the community is that that's not something that we've heard out of Donald Trump, but we've heard that from other Republican candidates where is he missing the boat on this?
2: Where is he missing the boat on
0: everything?
2: <laughs> he
3: can't he even, even. Trying to
2: be balanced he here. He can't
3: even find the boat.
2: Yeah. <laughs> can't even find the boat. Uh, and if he did, he'd probably
6: fall well, off of it. Uh, <laughs>
2: the, it seems to me that uh, to, to ask Hillary to go into detail uh, on those things and then criticize her for being in the weeds is inconsistent. To to really describe her programs, you're going to have to get into some weeds, the tax thing. So I I think she did as as well as she could, particularly given the format as well in which you, you didn't have... You had people asking questions out of the blue and they were not... You know, consistent and follow, and, and the follow-up wasn't uh, wasn't there often.
1: Dan Lipner. Well, when Barack Obama was on on uh, on, uh, uh, not night, uh,
0: late night with um, Cardinal O'Brien. Or uh, late night with uh, Stephen Colbert, other one. Jimmy Fallon. There we go. <laughs> you mean the Tonight Show? The Tonight okay, Show. Okay, there we go. Uh,
1: Johnny Carson. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. No, we're just gonna throw late night hosts out. Well, I think he's been on all of them now. Yeah. But, uh, when he was on with Jimmy Fallon. Um, he was asked the question, well, are you, are, are you happy with the Republican nominee? And he, and he damn near fell over laughing Said, oh, yeah, we're very happy with the Republican nominee. But then he paused and said, but as far as being the, Amer- the president of the United States and being in favor of quality democracy, this is not a good thing. Because it makes it impossible to have a real conversation when one side, in this case, the standard bearer, is utterly devoid of facts. I mean, getting into a conversation where, if and Bob, you can correct me on uh, on this history. I believe your old boss vetoed a Democratic tax cut while he was president because it would remove too much money from revenue and create deficits. And as far as that goes, it's pretty straightforward. You have programs you want to do, and they have to be paid for in some way, shape, or form. And while you can cross your fingers for growth that is going to occur, taxes are kind of the only way you can assure there will be money coming yeah. in. But, but let, me, let me finish that point. If Hillary had dove into the weeds and Donald Trump had simply said, I'm going to cut this by 20%, it's going to be huge, and he do away with Obamacare and replace it with simply something better. My God, how do you respond when the, when your opponent has simply just said, Something better with Not as though he's had a a year To come up with the something better Yeah but And he was just going to do it Right He
0: didn't have the
2: Congress deal
0: with He was just going to do it Very true Let's talk about trade for example Because Hillary hit a home run with trade Donald Trump brought up China About 8 million times in the trade talk During the debate And when he brought up Cheap Chinese steel. Hillary, I gotta give her credit, was right on target when she said, Wait a minute, you're buying the cheap steel to build your darn buildings with. And she also said they were dumping. And yeah, and, and dumping
1: she, cheap steel, which he bought, which by the way, and again for our listeners, <laughs> dumping is actually a trade term that is used to refer to your actually. Pricing your materials at a substandard rate, potentially even at a loss, to drive out competitors—it actually has meaning. It's not just a random statement. And
5: we've we've filed complaints against uh, the Chinese and the World Trade Organization and other um, international bodies because of this dumping. So more than
3: once. Yeah. So
5: what happens if dear Donald becomes president? Will he? Pull those complaints back, or will he say, "No, no, just keep on dumping, and there go the uh, the coal and the steel and the you know the metal manufacturers here in the United States"? If
1: not, so blind sunglasses trust
4: that his
0: children are just going to be running. But, but now here's right. the question, though, Admiral Ken, does is there a fear in the Trump camp that? In fact, they will pull records where it shows that Donald Trump
4: is buying dumped steel from China? I think that anybody in that campaign um, that's, that's, really with, that's really with it uh, needs to be fearful that they'll pull records of, of any kind with them. Because now every time, uh, every time you lift uh, even the smallest piece of furniture, the cockroaches just start running around. I think that, quite frankly, if they're not going back and, and, and looking at everything and building a defense, they're not worth the money that, 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 that Trump is paying them. And
5: this is where the steel is going to hurt them in some unexpected places. One of the biggest steel manufacturers in the United States is out of North Carolina. It's called Nucor. So you, you've got them coming out of uh, the Western Carolinas. You've got Pennsylvania. You'll have Ohio. You'll have some of the Rust Belt states that all of a sudden are waking up and going, hey, wait a second. We lost our jobs to the Chinese because they were making substandard steel, and this Yahoo is not only using it, but he's going to continue to use it as President of the United States. Do I want to vote for him? And, and that's, that
0: will hit. That's, that's a direct hit for Hillary. But, but, but here's the thing, though, Admiral, Admiral Ken, is that it, it seems to me that what Denise describes is a logical mindset to go into the voting booth, but it's not resonating with the Rust Belt states and where and you see
4: Trump it actually closing. It should have started it should have started it should have started with the smallest things and that's the thing that he wears around his neck. His ties. He has basically been a user of foreign labor to produce a cheaper product that he can sell at a at a, at a great profit. For most of his most of his his career. Why wouldn't Hillary bring that up in the trade discussion? Why was
0: that a missed opportunity for her congressman now?
2: Well, she brought up the steel,
0: but there are uh, there are plenty plenty of other uh, so other items that I mean his ties, his suits, uh, you know, name them.
2: Well, yeah, you want a, you know, want another list? I, I don't think. I don't think in a debate running a list like that is particularly useful.
4: But I, but I think, though, it, it can be used to drive home the point that this is a guy who's talking to um, a, a, a group of people who feel that the system, that the system has not only um, uh, left them out, but it is basically pushing them into, um, in, into just worst, the worst cases of, of economic stability and the same guy is going to turn around and, and change the laws when he's been taking advantage of them the whole time, That the, the, it, 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 that's it, it flies in the face of any kind of rationality. <clears throat> but, I
0: agree uh, with you. Bob Hines, let's talk a little bit about the debate in general. Uh, one of the criticisms that a lot of people had about Donald Trump was uh, that Donald Trump kept yelling at Anderson Cooper from CNN and Martha Raddich from ABC, complaining about he wasn't giving enough time, he at one time said, this is rigged, uh, he made all kinds of just crazy accusations at the moderators. Have you ever seen anything like that in a presidential debate
3: before? No, and I think it was it was just a stupid thing to do, and I think it just exposes him for what he is.
2: And they handled it very well. They
3: did a good job.
2: I think, with, I, with I, Bill I Maher, Maher is taking yes. him on at some length was was the best example of where she wasn't letting him get away with it. Now,
0: here's the question is, uh, we, we've had our friend Frank Ferenkoff on the show a couple of times. Uh, Frank Barenkoff, the Republican representative as the co-chair for the Presidential Debate Commission, yep. does Donald Trump's performance as far as attacking the moderators for doing their job, does that is that going to send Frank Ferenkoff and the rest of the commission... To sit down with them and say you cannot do this, or do they let this slide? But
3: what good would it what do? What good would it do? There's only one yeah. more debate. Yeah, look, look. He's gonna. Trump's gonna do what he's gonna do. There's no way you're gonna stop him unless you hang him out your your So he you was just, criticized
6: yeah.
2: so much in yeah. the first debate for doing it, and it didn't stop him in the second.
3: Listen, Pete, The public gets the gets the picture. He's he's a like, big blabbermouth.
5: And either. Either. Well, here's the thought: Why do not we cancel the third debate? I mean, it, and, and I say that as a mom who refused to let her kids. We talked about this off air. Watch the debate. I, you know, when they panned through the TV uh, through the crowd of Juanita Boden and, and some of the others, and they started using the rape word, even before the debate had begun, I put my 12-year-old to bed and I said, "You know what? I understand you have a history project, and I understand that you're supposed to watch this for your history project, but you're not going to watch this." The content was so obscene, over-the-top, and unprecedented. Why would we as a country give him another opportunity to be a crass, bravado individual who does not even rise to the level of being a five-year-old? Cool.
1: And, and that's the thing. and I actually got permission to share this story on the air so it, with the needs of reference. So two people, their are named Stacy Kerr and C.R. Woodard, both uh, – rather well-known uh, political operatives within the Democratic community, Stacey worked for uh, for, for Nancy Pelosi and CR uh, worked for the DCCC as well as uh, several other uh, Democrats in high office on the Hill, uh, they, they actually posted that their oldest had asked, was not ordered to, asked their parents mm-hmm. to watch the debate and Based on the what Trump has, how Trump has handled himself, they actually said no, and that is problematic in so many different ways. And I mean, problematic as far as the fundamentals of our democracy. That the rhetoric at the presidential level, we've all seen nonsense at lower levels, state house races, congressional races, and even senate races. But the presidency has always been a bit of a gold standard as far as how we like to envision ourselves as a democratic state. Donald Trump and this ridiculousness has changed that so fundamentally that it's scary as far as our ability to govern ourselves. And, and I today.
5: don't want I don't want to see him again. I, I mean it, it was to have to tell my twelve year old, I'm sorry. You can't watch this because a future potential president of the United States can't manage to, um, oh, I don't know, behave himself is appalling. These are two individuals that are running for president of the United States. He is not acting presidential. He's lewd. He's obscene. He's rated R. And I'm being generous when I give him the rated R. Why are we subjecting ourselves? Cancel the third debate.
1: Well, I mean, Bob Bob Hines worked for one of the guys who is widely regarded as one of the most decent human beings ever to occupy the White House. I mean, how do you think he would have responded to this? Well,
0: let's talk about the other 300-pound gorilla in the room, and I'm not talking about me. Uh, in an unprecedented move, uh, especially after the fiascos with the tape and the apologies. Donald Trump holds a press conference with four Bill Clinton accusers. And then three.
1: three. three. The, three. The, 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 the fourth person was Hillary's. Uh, oh, the 12 uh, year old. <laughs>
0: Correct. The in an unprecedented move, he holds a press conference with four people that have accused the Clintons of either sexual assault, uh, uh, alleged uh, affairs, etc. Abel, Ken, why did that even make sense to do it? Well,
4: I, I, you're asking me to climb inside of somebody's head that I don't think I would be comfortable doing. I, okay. I, in my wildest, most scotch-laced dreams, I don't think I could. I can make that happen <laughs> I got a. I got a. I, I got a plan on that. One.
0: Okay,
2: Congressman Al. But did it have any impact? It seemed to me that it was an effort to uh, make a big statement and da 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 da. da. And the fact is, he didn't.
0: Was it was, was that an act of desperation? Was that a hail Mary pass for Donald Trump? Do you think either that or who, who, who's the guy that's running this? Well,
2: he's running the show. But who's the who's the, who's the right winger that? You know, oh, the guy from the right part. Right yeah, right. Yeah. It, it almost sounds like an idea of his, and it didn't work. I don't. Denise craft? His
5: logic, and he's repeated it several times, is, hey, I was only talking about sexual assault. Bill Clinton actually sexually assaulted women. Well, Donald, um, those have been litigated, but now you open Pandora's box, so I can guarantee you in the next four weeks, there's going to be a lot of women coming forward because you just made the statement that you never sexually assaulted somebody. I'm willing to and bet I mean, in the next 48, uh, maybe 72 hours, we're going to have women coming and forward Bob saying, Hines, "Yes, you did."
0: But if, if, if it, it yes. was so stupid, yes, it, yes. but if you're running the Trump campaign, oh, thanks. knowing the guy, no, no, but if, you're, yeah. Yeah, but if you're running the Trump campaign, if I was running the Trump campaign, I would sit there and tell him, "Don't throw Ross at that glass house. That is dangerous territory is. for you." Yet. The campaign continues to throw that out there, almost drawing a big target on the campaign itself.
3: Doesn't that tell you that the campaign is in shreds? They don't know what they're doing, and there it's just it's just foolhardiness. It's a mess. Well, it, is, it, it is mean, it is no well organized group at all. They're just they're just they have they have bought some time and they're just talking. And you can't, yeah. Congressman Al,
2: yeah. and you can't control apparently, Donald Trump. Yes. He's had people try to control him, including his own children. Denise crap It did not work.
0: Denise crap.
5: I'm good. You know, I um, had a conversation with somebody today, and I, I felt like I was reliving the 90s um, in not a pleasant way. Uh, apparently, Ivana, um, in the middle of the divorce proceedings, accused her husband of raping her. Right,
0: which she rescinded. Which he rescinded.
5: Yeah, you know what? I'm betting we're going to learn a lot more about that incident. Uh, I, and
0: don't, and, and, no, I, I don't know. I don't think so. And, and, I no, and, we don't.
5: Uh, you yeah. know, but let me put it this way. A, he opened the door. Somebody's going to walk through it. B, I wish he had not opened the door because I don't want to go through it. And C, hold on, folks, because it's going to be nasty in the next three weeks. Let's talk a little bit. Oh, go ahead. Up on
0: yeah.
1: that, Go ahead. So, the, the Trump campaign, apparently his senior advisors didn't know he was going to do that, for starters. But beyond that, there I just, not, a couple months ago, watched the HBO series or special on the Clarence Thomas confirmation hearings and the Anita Hill uh, questioning during the hearings. And my history on that was a little foggy, but I went back and looked it up. and. A gentleman I worked for, uh, Joe Biden, chaired the committee, and was not was not well thought of in how he handled that. Um, how professional politicians do things and maybe do things and admit they're wrong and apologize for things. Um, I looked at the timing and the history of things. Joe Biden, after the fact, after the criticism, mysteriously was also the author of the Violence Against Women Act which came afterwards. So so it's not, am I certain there's a direct connection? No. Do I believe there's a remarkable, remarkable correlation and maybe seeing the mistake that was made and saying this is how I am going to atone for it, and by the way, atone for it with a public good. Um, that's how politicians do things and not the bluster that is Trump. There is a way... Politics and politicians—it is a hard job. It is a real thing, and there's a way to go about doing things. And with Donald Trump's <clears throat> stunts and the reality television version of it, simply
0: is not how the world works. So we're going to, Congressman, uh, now real quick, and then I want to pivot real. Quick. I, I, I thought
2: of something that Harry Truman said as Eisenhower was taking over. He said, "He's a general. He's used to telling people to do things, and they do them." But he's going to find out, and he's going to tell people to do things, and they're not going they're to not gonna do it. it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I want to pivot for a second because uh, as of today, other breaking news coming out of Washington D.C. and Trump Tower is uh, yesterday a emergency phone call happened from Reince Priebus to the RNC as a whole, and Reince, and the the word coming out of RNC headquarters is that. Reince Priebus has basically said that we are 100% behind Donald Trump. He is our candidate. We will continue to support the candidate. Uh, but this is at the same time where uh, this is at the same time where um, that Paul Ryan yesterday pulled his support for Donald Trump. Uh, he didn't. Take away his endorsement, but has said that he will no longer support Donald Trump in his campaign. Well, more simply said, I would no longer defend. Don't no Trump. longer defend Donald Trump. Uh, at the same time, several key members of Congress, and starting with John Thune, the, the majority leader in—I'm uh, sorry, the um, number three. the number three, the the whip. the whip in the Senate, pulling his endorsement. Uh, how big of a problem, and how in how much trouble is the GOP in right now, Bob? The word is significant.
3: Seriously, I mean, they have gotten themselves with some people that uh, don't shouldn't be on the, on the list. They shouldn't be in the club. They have got themselves in a box, and uh, they don't seem to be willing to clean it up. Isn't
0: That's what I think. Dan Littner.
1: Huge. Um, and, that's, and I'm, I'm actually with President Obama on this. It's huge, not in a good way. Yes, I'm glad that it looks like we're going to win the presidency. I'm not literally knocking on wood on that. But the fact that our political conversation on a presidential year has devolved to this is painful and torturous. I mean, I actually consider Paul Ryan a decent human being that has a different perspective on on how government can work, tax policy, and many other things. But nonetheless, I can can engage with people who follow him or him himself and have a legitimate conversation. You have the standard bearer of the Republican Party who is not only talking nonsense, but talking pornographic crap that is wildly offensive to anyone who takes this government or politics seriously.
2: Congressman Al. I, I agree with that, and it seems to me that the that, that Republicans are forgetting a couple of things. Their party had some work to do after the Goldwater debacle. The Democrats had some w- real work to do after the McGovern debacle. Now, neither of these men were, were Trump types. But they were they were significant problems for their respective party.
0: Exactly.
2: And this guy makes both of them look like they were really just kind of ordinary folks. And they weren't. But he's
5: crap. Well, here's a question for the Republican Party. Do you want to be the party of hate Um, is that what you stand for because quite frankly that's what Donald Trump stands for and until you manage to exercise him as Bob said you're going to be the party of hate you're going to be the party that hates Muslims that hates Hispanics that hates African Americans that apparently can't treat women well well okay that that's your party but that's where you're at and that's a perfect way
3: to become irrelevant yeah yeah,
5: it, exactly. it, it it is, and and I would argue that, you know, the Republican Party was started by Lincoln. It, it, I mean, it was it's called the Party of Lincoln for a reason, and to have gone 180 degrees from Lincoln is just
0: yeah,
5: it's depressing.
0: But but, all, but hold on, real quick. But here's the question: Is, right's previous is literally gone all in. it's put a strain from what I'm hearing on the relationship that he has with Paul Ryan, his fellow
4: chief head from
0: Wisconsin. It is, it has caused strain inside the committee itself. Uh, Does Wright's previous survive this Admiral Ken?
4: Oh, well, Um, you know, honestly, I I don't know. I think that um, he's a smart guy Surely, you know, in in the in the, uh, the the inner circles, they're they're already trying to figure out, okay, what do we do on the back end of this? Um, you know, scenario one, we, we 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 lose we lose the presidency, but we somehow maintain control over the House. Scenario two, we lose everything. Uh, we lose everything. I think he's probably looking for a job. Um, scenario so, scenario two, uh, one, he maybe hangs on, but but I think we pretty much said said it already. The Republican Party that, that I joined you know, doing, during the Reagan years is not the party that's, that's, that's in place today. It has turned, especially in the last 18 months, into this really, really ugly animal that is the butt of jokes on the late-night TV, um, that is um, more seriously something that, that, that I have defended as, as a black man time and time again, uh, as for being a member of, to something that I'm thinking, holy cow, what, what, what's going on here? And we've got to find a way to get back to what what the party's all about. And, and this 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 guy is not it. Bob Hines, they did a
0: postmortem after the McCain loss in 2008. They did a very extensive postmortem after the Mitt Romney loss in 2012. How many times can they do a post mortem and not follow the plan forward and continue to do damage to themselves at RNC
3: headquarters? As long as they want to destroy themselves, they can do it. But at some point, somebody's <laughs> got to take a look. Somebody's going to yeah. have to stand up and say, hey, You would, you would think so. <laughs> yeah, Congressman yeah. Al.
2: It's the elites that made up the plan, and it is the non elites that have fretted it. They're going to have to figure out, and I think the Democrats are too, how do you deal with these people who feel that they have been ignored and dismissed, and what have you? I think that's the serious political problem both parties are going to face in the coming. Right case. now,
3: it's the, it's right now it's the Republicans are in the county. Right,
1: Dan Lipner. Well, a few years ago there was a, a essay, "What's the Matter with Kansas," uh, that that went into uh it, the the issues with the Republican Party, the success it had, and more importantly, the failures that the Democrats have had uh, in the the Midwest and the Bible Belt. And part of it was that um, from the Democratic side, the alienation of people from more rural communities and being dismissive of their religious beliefs, while it might be fundamentally opposed to uh, for lack of a better phrase, urban elite view of the world, there's no need to condescend to those who have a different perspective. And there is a criticism there that was earned by, from Democrats. However, the, the the placating and the pandering, two different things that some folks uh, believe, and this is, as I mentioned before, Democrats ha- had consciously thrown overboard this the racists that were the Dixiecrats and made a conscious choice to get to get rid of them. The question is, what does the Republican Party do when they've been playing putties with folks that had said horrible things about the first African American president, said things that were just utter nonsense? Um, John McCain tried during his presidential run to oppose as best he could, but as even as the presidential nominee, he was a lonely voice. Out there, trying to correct the knowable record—not things that were up for opinion, the knowable facts that that were out there and being fed by uh, originally right-wing talk radio and somewhat fermented by Fox News. But the question is, how do you deal with it? Do you actually challenge those folks who have these nonsense? I'm not talking about legitimate issues, but you actually say, no, you are wrong. These are the facts.
0: Bob Hines.
1: They need to be challenged.
3: They need to be challenged sharply. It's not being done. It needs to be done.
0: Hillary Clinton's got another problem right now, though. Hillary Clinton's got email problems. This, this, uh, Just within the past 72 hours, WikiLeaks has released a series of hacked emails from DNC and from Camp Hillary that uh, that are calling into question... Campaign advice on Putin
1: is very pleased.
0: But here's the thing is, the um, John Podesta has a real problem right now. Does the email problem with John Podesta and now dragging in... Uh, Donna Brazile, the interim chairwoman of the DNC. Uh, Congressman, now does this pose a problem for Camp Hillary? And does the email situation take away some of the wave that she's been riding?
2: If Donald Trump
0: were out of the picture,
2: the answer would be a resounding yes. The fact is Donald Trump muddies up all of that stuff, and she's going to Get by,
4: Admiral Ken. So you know the 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 the, uh, the the version of the story that I read uh, just prior to going on the air was that you know, the bottom line is that the fix was in on the side of the Democrats uh, from the very beginning. Um, opinion, true true or not? You know the the issue here is that uh, that the, the Democratic Party uh, and the the Clinton campaign. Uh, has, have, have failed uh, to, to exercise some electronic uh, communications discipline, and, it, and it's going to be yet something else they're going to have to worry about, fending off attacks about uh, as they go into the last weeks of the election. This along with, again, the speech transcripts. You know, both of these candidates you know, do not present um, I guess the, the best of all possible uh, opportunities for the, for the country to vote on. Uh, I agree with Congressman Al. I think, uh, absent Donald Trump and, and his antics and uh, the the him him putting himself on the port for for other other forms of bad bad behavior, I think this probably would uh, would, would would end it um, in much the same way that I believe Trump's campaign ended last last Friday. But I don't think it's gonna it's gonna go anywhere big.
0: But here's here's the bigger question: is you know, just at a time where. The emails come out. It would make sense for Donald Trump to lay low. <laughs> Dan Lipner, well, Dan Lipner, what we're seeing. You want to hold
2: your breath until
0: that happens. And, but but grasshoppers
2: carry
4: forty-five yeah. birdies with screws. Okay. okay. <laughs> I've never heard that. That is that that that's that's from that's Texas, folks. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's that's
0: a Texas. Quote. Um, Dan Lipner, at a time you think Donald Trump would want. The uh, the email story to get legs and be at the top of the news cycle only if you like those legs. He's very
1: critical of them.
0: Yes. Wow. Is that not well, true? But wait yeah, a
1: minute. He he but you wait know. a minute. But he, he mentioned that his daughter Tiffany, while well, she was an infant. Uh, I mean, this no, no, is no, not out wait, of wait, bounds. Wait, no, no. But but here's wow. the thing is
0: at a time when the emails come out, that could be damaging to Hillary he's tweeting out about how he starts a fight with Republican leadership with Paul Ryan starts a Twitter war with John Thune starts a Twitter war with John McCain. Why not just let it slide?
1: Well, he can't. Well, he he can't. So, and so I literally the, the latest email thing, I only mentioned it briefly, briefly and I actually pulled it up uh, at the moment as far as, John Podesta's, quote, cozy relationship with the press. My God, any person who's dealt with the press as a political professional, these are not complete, this this is not cross-examination, like it's an attorney versus somebody you're deposing or somebody on the stand. Yeah, there are relationships with folks that, yeah, it's somewhat adversarial, but there are relationships that develop over time. Do normal people understand this and they expect it the, uh, the press to be, now tell me about this other thing. And the other side of that freedom of the press is you have the freedom to walk away from the press and not talk to them. So if you don't develop relationships over time, and I'm fairly certain both Congressman Al and Bob can talk about it, there are things you talk about and then there are things on the record. And yes, it, it, there is an adversarial myth to the process, but it is also a, yeah, these are things that are going on. And the other side of the John Podesta thing is, by the way, John Podesta was former chief of staff to Bill Clinton. I am shocked he would hold other Democratic operatives to the fire if if they chose sides between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. I'm shocked, I say, that this would be the case. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because, but
2: the fact is that the media – and I have been very critical of them for a lot of reasons for a lot of years. But, for example, we have John, who frequently joins us on this program, a reporter from the New York Times. Uh, from the you box. Thi- for for bo- box? Box. B-O-X. For box. Okay. And, and we're very friendly with it. Does anybody here think for a minute that if they were to do something really atrocious... That John, out of his friendship, wouldn't report it? No. 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 There's nobody here who believes that. Uh, who's the John? Uh, Donald Trump believes that kind of thing, that you can have a, a friendly relationship with a reporter, and they won't do their job.
4: Correct. And that's just wrong. So Donald Trump thinks that if you're uh, a, an Indiana U.S. citizen judge of Mexican uh, descent, you can't do your job because of your Mexican descent. So uh, I I completely agree with that. I I mean,
1: historically, I as we do frequently on the show, it's worth noting that FDR in his wheelchair, um, there was an understanding between FDR and the press that this would not be widely reported. Was it unknown? Absolutely not. It was absolutely known. As far as how much it was talked about, there was an understanding. And I believe the White House press secretary, whose name is escaping me, at the time, there was a reporter who actually did report on the wheelchair, and mysteriously, no more exclusives went to him. There is a power That's exchange. Steep early that sounds right. Um, There's the, a the, the power exchange and a balance that occurs there, as it should. It is not a unilateral thing. There is a bilateral expansion when you
0: have to make choices of what you choose to do and what you do doing. What, and what whether or not you go after real stuff. Those are the emails that came out from Donna Brazil, which the accusation on Donna Brazil is she fed the Clinton camp questions while she was a commentator at uh, CNN. Uh, CNN and Donna Brazil categorically denied that's the case. CNN came out and said, we never gave advance copies to any of our moderators or commentators prior to the town hall that they had with Hillary Clinton. Uh, but does does the email scandal just gnaw at the base of the Democratic
5: Party? It did, it doesn't gnaw at the base of the Democratic Party. It gnaws at the base of the Republican Party. Uh, You know, the best thing that could have happened, unfortunately, to the Democratic Party is the video that came out on Friday. It energized people. I think people may have stayed home, but then said, oh, my God, there's no way we're going to stay home based on that video and what he was saying on Howard Stern. We are going to get out the vote. I mean, I've seen more people say, what can I do in the past 48, 72 hours than I had before then? Before, it was like okay, it's Hillary, we might have had some concerns, but I am seeing a lot more energy come out because of that video.
1: I mean, Dan Leibner, so as far as the emails and all of this stuff, duh. I mean, you try and figure things out, and you have conversations, and again, ex-parte communications, like with lawyers, where there's actually rules that govern this, um, isn't true with the press. I remember, I mean, I personally negotiated a... A a debate forum At one point I I willy-nilly asked Is it possible for us to get the questions ahead of time I was shocked When the reporters that were putting this on Said yeah I suspect that would be helpful Why don't we give that to both sides Oh, my God. And I, this is,
5: I, I've done been I mean, as a politician. I've said, you know, hey, wait a second. You, you want to interview me. Will you at least give me a clue of what you're talking about? And the press has usually said, sure. But and, and the reason they're saying sure is because they actually want me to talk on point instead of water my way through, you know, valleys and hills and not get to
1: what they want right. to address. And that's also true. I mean, there are literally infinite number of issues. Yeah. A lot of us can talk about them intelligently who have been in politics for years. Off the top of our head, but if yes. you ask me what H.R. 1242 is, I'm not going to have the slightest clue, nor is anybody, nor the Speaker of the House, nor a majority leaders of either party in the House, nor the Senate. However, if you say that this is the issue, and by the way, would you like to delve into the woods on the particular issues for or against this, that changes the conversation fundamentally. But in weird Republican Trump baseland, and I will Trump Baseland, I did not insult all Republicans, Trump Baseland, they somehow live in this world that people should know this stuff all off the top of their head, in spite of the fact their candidate knows nothing off the top nor bottom of his head. Right,
0: right. I want There's there's one other piece to the video that came out on Friday, and Bob, I want to ask
2: you. I'm um, about talking about its bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, one of the I'm not very fun. We, Bob Bob Hines, <laughs> former government affairs vice president, National Broadcasting Corporation (NBC). Uh, one of the collateral damage fallouts of the tape on Friday was uh, Billy Bush, who was in the bus, who was playing along with Donald Trump. Uh, he has been suspended indefinitely from his co-anchor spot at the Today Show. Should Billy Bush be fired? that video? Probably. He should? Yes. No. Well, wait, wait, Hold on, Bob Hines. Yes. If, if you were vice president at NBC, would you call for his head? For the, for the commentary he made? I would. Yes. You would? I would. Yes. You agree with that congressman out?
2: If, if If I were in that position, the answer is yes, because I'm covering my ass. Should he, in the overall world, no. Why? If, because he... What he was doing was he was going along with a guest coming along and he was kind of entertaining him and going along. It, it just it was it was an informal kind of thing. There are things that are said around this table with John, who's not here today right. to defend himself, but with John, that <clears throat> if we were to run out and tell everybody you know, well, is. any of us,
0: any of the stuff that comes out of our mouth off air, it's off the air. That's right. right. That's right. And and he kind
2: of joins in with that. That's normal. That's natural. Uh, and if 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 one of us goes off and does something really terrible, why you fire John? I'm not quite sure. Then he's correct. Right. Okay, I'm going to disagree with
5: the commentary. You said yes and no. I say yes, yes. On the racing, I'd say yes, yes, is, um, first of all, Bill, I mean, you said something stupid. Yes, you should be fired for it. you, you watched while well, somebody else said something stupid. And then you laughed, and then you joked, and then you, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I had been Nancy O'Dell, who was his co-worker at the time, I would have been appalled. And, and that's part of the reason he was fired. Because the women of the Today Show said, are you out of your bleeping mind? This is the guy you want me to work next to? This is the guy that you want me to spend quality time next to? How do I know that he's not commenting about my physical attributes or lack thereof? How do I know that he's not making statements to guess? How do I know this? The lack of trust that w- the female counterparts have with him right now is zero. zero. And that's the reason he's fired.
4: Admiral Ken. So and, believe and it or it not, knows. there's a school yeah. for everything in the Navy. There's even a school to teach how to be an avo. And uh, one of the subjects in that is media relations. And uh, during that training, you uh, you're you know taught how to how to uh, go through an interview, both uh, with press and with uh, with electronic uh, with electronic media. And the number one rule for you is as soon as you walk into an environment with reporters where you're being interviewed. You would assume that you're being recorded. It's live. Everything you're saying, yeah. everything's
0: off. Everything, yeah, everything, everything's yeah. a
4: hot mic. And so, reversing that, you know, as a as a professional, um, my expectation would be that he knew Billy Bush knew that it was a hot mic. And so, if he's going to conduct himself in a manner to where it sounds like he's going along with some of the crap that I heard come out of Donald Trump's mouth last Friday, yeah, he's got to go. Dan Lipner.
1: So I'm actually with Congressman Al on this. There. Are there's a couple of different things. He was acting as a reporter, in this case, an entertainment reporter, but a reporter nonetheless. And in the world of pulling things out of the person you're interviewing, and Trump has, has, has no safe harbor here, I have, I have approached more than one client wearing a lavalier mic Saying, by the way, just because you're on stage does not mean that is not reporting. And the idea of wanting to pull that interview out versus versus walking away, the question is the reporter's job. I agree with Bob. Would I suspend him? Absolutely. There's no upside None. to the inside mechanism because of all the things that Denise said. However, in the moment as a reporter with somebody that you are talking to, that is showing just a parade of horrible. My God, that is absolutely reportable news. The fact that it came out after 11 years is somewhat amazing. But how else do you get that information unless you go to the law?
2: Congressman Al. The point I wanted to make goes directly to what you said. I don't think that he was a real reporter. I mean, he was doing entertainment-like stuff. I, I, I unfortunately watched some of those programs because my wife wanted to.
6: Uh, and, and <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was
2: silly society, gossipy, Hollywood kind of crap. And I don't think that he was trained or, or was ex- expected to deliver. The, he wasn't Charles Corral He wasn't Walter Cron- Cronkite. He was he was reporting on whose latest movie came
1: out. I, I, I just Mel Gibson has said some horrible things out, right? If you're a reporter out there, are you going to say, my God, Mr. Gibson, that is anti-Semitic remark. This, this interview is ending now. But, guys, then, then he
5: was also the cousin of a president and the uncle, and the nephew of a president. If you're telling me a guy with the last name of Bush doesn't know and doesn't understand what comes out of his mouth, could be problematic. I could
2: name a Bush that didn't know what
6: was going on. Well, I, 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 <laughs> understand. I, 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 I understand that.
5: But you know what? Just because you think that this is going to get you the story, do we think this is appropriate? I think the answer is no. And, and this is also why I, I'm really upset with Trump and his interaction with Howard. But Spirit. we wouldn't know
4: what he, he didn't should do
0: have it. said. No.
4: Admiral Kent. So, oh. so, you know, going back to, I guess, commenting on what Dan said, you know, if, if Billy Bush. Had been acting as a reporter, trying to do a uh, an expose. See, I can I can go Trump into saying really really stupid things on air when uh, when he's a nose on air. That'd be one thing, but that's not that's not the case here. I mean, you know, it was you know I, I don't want to call it frat boy stuff because that's doing unnecessary or uh, 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 shaming of fraternities, which I don't have an issue with. I, I don't. I'm not going to call it locker room banner for the same reason because that's that's not that's not appropriate either. It was just wrong. It was not a good environment. It was not a good setting. And the the, force and the truth of the matter is we got one more piece of evidence to show that Donald Trump is not a good man. Well,
1: and that's, that's the thing. thing. No, but, but
4: that's the thing. If he's a, a former
2: fraternity member, you're letting him off too easy. I would know. But, I mean,
1: that, that is the thing. A, a, a reporter – throwing his or her judgment in between and I listened to what Billy Bush didn't say, which is essentially what the statements were. He as far as far as I could tell, and I did not do a thorough listen, he did not actually say the trade of horrible things. He he did laugh he along and, it and and, and 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 he probed the questions a little further, to which the Donald promptly not only dove in but took a mouthful of water and spewed it all over the place, and continued swimming in that lake for which he created. I mean, it is the complicated issue, absolutely. But the, the press ethics of it, the if if he had said, uh, Mr. Trump, I feel this is totally inappropriate, we would know this now about the. Well, novel.
5: we wouldn't. But here's gonna yeah. be the problem for NBC. If I understand correctly, if I did not watch the show, The Apprentice was on NBC. Yeah. So now NBC's got a little problem, so they have Access Hollywood and those tapes, and they have all of the Apprentice tapes. They've
1: already been reporting on that, that he'd apparently said things in the, quote, boardroom setting of that
3: to women in the right. room. Right, and, and that's, that and that's what I was wondering the about, because the, the one of the
5: producers said, if you think this is bad, watch what, the other stuff. But then I was also seeing reports saying that they're not going to release it. Well, NBC... <laughs> I'm betting a lot of lawyers are combing through some tapes right now trying to figure out, A, what do they have? B, how do they release it on themselves? Because if they don't, if they learned something about this one, somebody else will.
0: And, you know,
3: lots of lessons learned here. Whatever is there should come out as soon as possible. And they need to be the one to do it. That's exactly right. Congressman Al? I just
2: wanted to, to note, that probably the individual who most of all of his colleagues during a long period of time who, who gave the answer of no comment was Ben Bradley.
0: Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Uh, real quickly, we've we kind of bone through the, uh, the the show with the technical problems, so we're not going to have Tell Me a Story real quick. Ooh. I'll wait all I'll wait will Uh, It is now time for my favorite part of the show, Tell Me a Story, where we talk about news, innuendo, rumor, what we didn't cover on the show today. Bob Hines, do you have a story? I do not. Congressman Al? I think I just did mine with Ben Brad. There we go.
2: Denise (laughs)
5: Krupp? Yeah, I referenced earlier that Senator Soon uh, came out and withdrew his support for uh, Donald Trump. That puts Senator Cornyn and Senator McConnell in a very interesting pickle right now, and, and so let's let's see what happens, because I think, like well, bet that if the Republicans lose the Senate, Senator Foon is going to make a power play against Senator McConnell, and he may gain support because he came out early against Trump.
4: Ah. Admiral Kenton, tell me a story. So um, during the debate, um, Donald Trump uh, attacked uh, Secretary Clinton on her comments. Uh, Concerning some of his uh, supporters being a basket of deplorables, and uh, something for which she she apologized for making a statement. But I've has, I've since seen a couple of uh, of uh, commercials that Trump uh, supporters have put up, you know, where there's moms and dads and teachers and firemen, and that they're they're not deplorable. So I wanted to channel Jeff Foxworthy and uh, try to point out to to whom she, she's 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 talking. So. If you think it's okay to conduct a religious test on immigrants, you might be a deplorable. If you think it's political correctness not to use offensive language based on race, religion, or gender, you might be deplorable. If you think it's okay to call your daughter a piece of anything, you're probably a deplorable. If you think it's okay to group women or kiss them without their consent, you're deplorable. If you think Donald's comments on tape last week are okay, you are deplorable. Very good.
0: Dan Lipner, tell me a story.
4: Well said. Um, so
1: I got into an exchange on Facebook um, with a, a couple friends of mine who are uh, Trump supporters, and one of the things they posted is they did a comparison, a side by side, of the number of friends they had that were either following Trump's website or Hillary's website, and the numbers were pretty amazing. One person said, I have Three in 40, somebody else said I have two in 70. Somebody else had a shocking number, which was, I think, one in 150. Um, to what, what are ages? these numbers again? So the number of people who your friends are on Facebook who are also following either Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump's Facebook pages. Um, I promptly poured a little water on it and said, by the way, I am one of that 70 that is following Donald Trump. I think it's important to know what the other has, other side has to say but then in follow up to that I got I no other way to describe it but very sad at the thought and there's a poem that came to mind which I will only recite the last stanza the all good people agree and all good people say all night people like us are we and everyone else is they
6: mm-hmm.
1: and the 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 poem is referring to people across the sea, but unfortunately, in the political context uh, that we are in, we don't need to go across the sea, but across the city, across the town, across the state, or across our country. And the Trump phenomenon, um, I really hope that, if uh, presuming Hillary is elected president, she spends some quality time trying to make that not so. Uh,
0: my story is the um, on our website, backroompolitics.org. Uh, we are now posting content written by uh, one of our our newest editions, Victoria Caradine, who happens to be the daughter of Admiral Ken Caradine. Uh, Victoria has posted some good stuff. Uh, Admiral Ken has been posting some good stuff. I posted an article on Saturday uh, saying basically, call me a rhino. And guess what? I sleep well at night knowing that as a Republican, I support Hillary Clinton. Uh, The reality is there is a a solid blind in the Republican Party that is having to hold their nose and support Hillary Clinton. And the article went a little viral. It started getting shares on Facebook, started going out to other media sources. And I've had a lot of people come back to me and say, The the Democrats have come back and said, wow, that was courageous. The people in my party continue to call me a rhino, a Republican in name only. The the reality is, the basis of the story is, who's not going to get us killed? Who's not going to embarrass us in the world stage? I'm not a huge fan of Hillary Clinton. I never have been. Uh, But when it comes down to the understanding of how government works, I kind of want somebody who's not going to blow it. And I encourage everybody, I encourage everybody to read the article on backroompolitics.org as well as the other great articles that are being posted up there. So that's my story for this week. Uh, but on behalf of Bob Hines, uh, Congressman Al Swift, Denise Krep, Admiral Ken Caradine, Dan Littner, I'm your moderator, Justin Russell. We will be back Next week, live from Shelley's Backroom, 1331 F Street, in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., Bob. The place to be. Absolutely. You can follow us on our website. Check out our daily content on backroompolitics.org. You can follow us on Twitter, at BackroomPolitics. And you can also check out our postings on our friends at Sidewire, sidewire sidewire.com. Download the app. And you can also email your comments and concerns, justin at backroompolitics.org. Uh, We will see you next Tuesday. Thanks for joining us, America. Good night. Good night. Good night. This is Backroom Politics.